I was a professional student because I don't want to go out to the real world and earn money because I don't know how. The only thing I know how is to study and get A's, but that's all I know. But I wish I have come out to the real world and experienced the real world and to do more, to more for myself, to more for society. And then I can do more for my family and my parents. Hi everyone and welcome to episode number 56 of the Immigrants Life podcast, where we share stories of people who left their country to chase a better life. And through these stories, you can find ideas, resources and motivation to do the same. I'm Daniel DeBiasi and with my guest this week, Cindy, we are going to talk about finance, which is one of the main concerns when deciding to leave your country and start fresh in a new one. When I decided to leave my country, Italy, to move to New Zealand, not being able to find a job and run out of money was the thing that scared me the most. Finding the job wasn't the real problem. If I had a lot of money, for example, in my bank account, that wouldn't have been an issue. In fact, my problem was that I didn't have a lot of money in my bank account. If you have listened to this podcast before, you would know that with a good plan and preparation, moving abroad can be done even with a little money. But who doesn't want to have more money, right? Cindy is a financial consultant and a financial educator. But as you will hear in our conversation, her career started in a completely different field. It was her resilience and adaptation that made her change her career multiple times in very different industries. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for being on the show. Hello. How are you, Daniel? I'm really good. I'm really good. Thanks. And uh, I'm really excited to having you on the show. So, Cindy, let's start from, like, from the beginning of your story because... It's pretty interesting. So you are originally from Hong Kong, China, but you left when you were pretty early. Like you left China when you were 16. Yeah. I want to understand like, why did you leave China? What was your dream? Because when you're like a 16, I guess you have dreams, right? Like something you want to do in life. <laughs> what, what was the reason for you to leave China at such a young age? Well, when I was young, I wanted to see the world. I always want to be independent because being the youngest in my family, everything is being done for me. And I was like, what is on the other side of the world? I think my biggest motivation was when I see my brother study in London, England, and he got to see the world and he got to go and study abroad. And I wanted to have the same thing. I was lucky because uh, of my auntie, Kat, who is the youngest sister of my mother, always invite me to come to Canada, come to Canada, come to study in Canada and come live with me. The story goes is my auntie Kat actually is the youngest sister of my mother who my grandmother has 12 kids. Like in the olden days, they have oh, wow. really yeah big family. So 12 and more. I think my grandma is very, very fertile lady. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother having so many kids doesn't want any kids anymore. And especially for girls, right? They love boys. I don't know. They're like, oh, girls, you know, it's going to marry out. It's not going to be with the family. So my grandmother, the story goes is that my grandmother always tried to bring my auntie cat to the orphanage house. But luckily, the orphanage house is always full of kids and they have refused to take in my auntie cat for like several times. My mom back and back, my grandmother, please keep Auntie Kat and I promise to take care of her as my own child. So when Auntie Kat grow up and then study and live in Canada, she always want to pay back my mom and she always invite me and I'm very close to her and she's very dear to me. 
and I take up the opportunity to study in Canada. So I begged my dad, please let me go and live with Auntie Cat, and he did. I know he worked very hard for it. Yeah, because you were like pretty young, like sixteen, and uh, let you go, and like on the other side of the. No, the other side of the world, but it's still like in a different, you know, from China to go to on the other side of Canada is pretty much the other side of the world, yeah. So it's just such a young age, but it's interesting that you were like trying to follow your like a brother footstep, like he was experiencing this abroad and you kind of wanted to do the same thing. And luckily for you, you had, you had the opportunity, you had a family member in Canada. So was Canada the reason just because your aunt or just because there was something about Canada that you wanted to see or something that like, was interesting about Canada? I think I was too young to know any other place other than Canada <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and I know, oh, I know London, England, because my brother, my brother went to study there when he was 15, actually, even younger than me. Oh, wow. And I just, because of my aunt, and I have nothing but thank, I feel very grateful for my aunt for the opportunity and very grateful for my dad for letting me go. Yeah. And what was your experience? So you moved from China to Canada, which is completely different culture at such a young age and like with this idea, like a dream to visit the world and explore the world. What was your experience when you landed in Canada? I don't remember what it was like when I was here, but I remember that one moment, that one moment when I was here and I look at Canada and I look at my school, my high school, when I enter that door, and I just feel like I belong. It's kind of weird. I don't remember what I did yesterday. I don't remember, barely remember what I had for breakfast. But I remember that one moment that I feel relief. I feel like I belong. It's almost like a calling. You know how, I don't know if you believe in second life or previous life, right? It's like, I'm supposed to be here. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like I belong. Yeah. What was the feeling? Was it because the people, because of the environment, because of the language? What was it that felt you like you belong, that it was like your home? It's very hard to put it in words because it just have that one minute that you just feel it out of nowhere. It's very hard to explain. I think it, it could be the culture too, because like I landed in Ottawa and people were very, very friendly in Ottawa, very lovable, very acceptance of people from different nationality and culture. Yeah, very friendly. I feel like I'm totally embraced by the people there. And my auntie, she was just so sweet. She was just adore. And she made me feel like home. And my uncle, which Uncle Ken, which my auntie married to, He's just a superstar to me. He's smart. He's very funny. Yeah, they make me feel like home. And yeah, they make me settle in very fast. Unlike other people that migrate in other country, I feel very fortunate now that I look back. I thank them every time I see them. So is it fair to say that we're kind of the people you found in Canada to make you feel belong in that place? Yeah, at that time when I was young, I was very lucky. My auntie was a nurse. My uncle was a chemist, so they both worked for the government in different departments, and they were surrounded by really educated people and really nice people as well, doctors, nurses, chemists, and they're all very nice to me. I didn't really get a taste of the real world or people has different opinions until I move out of their house. So that was a different part. When I have to move out, I have to learn on my own how to pay my bills. I don't know. That I have to pay my bills. Yeah, I just know that the latter is here. <laughs> it's a it's a different it's a different world. Yeah. 
And then you moved from Ottawa to Vancouver at some point. Was that in life? Was like a later in life or was like after you moved from your hunt? So I was born in Hong Kong, raised in Ottawa. And then I moved to Toronto to study fashion design. And then I worked there briefly before I moved to U.S., then in Vancouver. And the reason why I stay in Vancouver, because it's, I find the love of my life. Ken, oh, who yeah. you just met, yeah. <laughs> so he was very nice, and then, and the rest was history. And what was the thing that made you stay in Canada and not explore other countries? Like, was the fact that you felt belong in that country that kept you stay, or was just the fact that fulfilled moving to Canada, moving to a different new environment, fulfilled your dream of like exploring the world? Yeah, although I lived in Canada, because I used to work in IT. I was able to work in different industry and also I was able to travel the world. I traveled the world also through the eyes of others, like people that I have been close with, they traveled the world as well. And I see how it was like. The reason why I picked Vancouver and decided to stay besides my husband is because there's no place like Vancouver. I felt like it's heaven. The weather is nice. The people is nice. And most of all, the food is fantastic in Vancouver. Because you will travel in other places. The first thing we come back is to have Chinese food. <laughs> and I love the Chinese food. I'm very foodie. And my husband is also very foodie. We love to taste different food. But ultimately, our heart and soul belong to Chinese, Asian, and my husband is Japanese, and I love Japanese food. So it's a, yeah, it's the culture, it's the people. And Vancouver, it is a very nice place to live too. And you mentioned that you started working in fashion and moved to IT and now into finance. So I'm curious to see like, why did you decide? Because like a, there are not like a slightly changes into your career or like a big changes from fashion to IT is completely different, a different industry. And now from <laughs> IT to finance. So I'm interested to see, or to, I'm interested to understand why was you making these jumps into a new career? Yeah, when I was young, I always liked to draw like a little girl, like to draw a picture, like to put clothing on the door and I like to sew. So that's why I like to study fashion. But before I studied fashion, my dad is like, you know, fashion is great, but business is more important. So I graduated in university. Actually, I have a business degree. But after I finished business, there was a recession. So I asked my dad, you know, there's not much job out there. Can I study fashion now that I've studied business? And he actually said, yes, he's so nice to me. And I've become a professional student, I have to say, you know, thanks to my dad. So I studied fashion. But during the years I've studied fashion, I always try to work in a summer job in the fashion field. And that's when I see that what the fashion field is like, you need the capital, you need the investment, you need a lot of people involved. It's not just an idea of dressing up people or having beautiful materials and whatnot. And I learned a little bit about the business part of the fashion. And I thought to myself, every fashion house only have one fashion designer. So if I started way at the bottom, how long does it take to go to the top? And there's only one designer, so the opportunity is not that great. And at that time, the person that I was uh, hanging around with, they are all in IT. And I saw that 
it's very easy. They just program and they make the money and they make good money. And I say, huh, I think I can do that too. Because when I was in high school, I was really good at computer, I was told. So I started to study computer part-time. Luckily, the fashion house that I was working for at that time when I was young, and it was my first job, also have an IT department. Just like a lot of the industry, a lot of company have the IT department. So the transition was very smooth. When I finished my IT degree, I was able to go to the IT department of the fashion house. So I transferred to IT. Once I got into IT, the life was good. I become a consultant in Y2K and it was great. And it wasn't until I saw that IT is slowly transferring and outsourcing. And I say, okay, what is next? I don't want to be obsolete. I don't want to, you know, always have the people to tell me that I can be dismissed. And I started to look for a plan B. I tried lotion. I tried potion. I almost want to be a naturopathic doctor because I want to sell the vitamins. <laughs> and then I say, oh, my English is not good. You know, those uh, medical terms, it's just too big for me. can't pronounce it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do know I'm Chinese and I'm okay at math. And I know one plus one is two. If I can make one plus one is three and I learn finance, maybe I have a chance. And I come across this company that offer opportunity, like almost like a franchising company, but it will teach you about how money works. And I used to hate how like people always talk about money. It's like money, money, money. It's like so money hungry. But it boils down to what money can do for me, what money can buy. If I have enough money, I have the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want. And I have the freedom. I can still go to work or not go to work. So I want to learn about money. So I joined the company. And before I know, I was working with the company. Now I'm helping other people find their financial freedom and I got to find the truth, fulfill the dream. Because one of my other dreams when I moved to Canada is I want to be able to contribute to the world. I was so young. I don't know what I was doing, what I was saying, but I always want to give back to society. But then I have no skill. But now I have this one skill that I can give back to people. And I'm, I feel very thankful for it. Yeah. And that's how I jump. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the fact that you were like a kind of like a few steps ahead. You saw that inside of the, the fashion industry it was like a really hard to get where you wanted to go. So you have to change your career to adapt, to just continue. And I love the fact that this adaptation and like a resilience in, in you that, which is kind of something that I can relate to because it was the same for me. Like you always like I see the industry you are in, like, uh, is this going to be my future? It's going to be like, how long can I be able to work in the industry? And you start having a plan B. Like, I love the fact that you have like this, which is, I think is something that many immigrants have because you have to adapt to a new environment. The environment changes. We all have like, a, I think it's like a skill that we gain, like just being abroad, like of studying fresh in a new country. There's like a, this kind of adaptation for like a new opportunities. So I love that. I love the fact that just like changing career just because you see different opportunities or like, a, I don't think this is like future proof. So I need to find a plan B just to, because I want to be, have a safe future. So it's that kind of thing. And a lot of the fact that now you're into finance, you can give back to other people and give back. And why we are talking about finance aspect, like I know that, I mean, at least that was for me and I heard other people as well. Like when you're moving abroad, what do you think to move abroad? One of the biggest problem, one of the biggest challenges or one of the biggest obstacles in front of you is usually money. 
It's gonna, uh, do I have yeah. enough money to make it in the other country? How long is gonna take before I can find a job? Is my saving enough to sustain myself until I find a new job, that kind of thing. So now that you are in finance, you are like probably spoke with uh, hundreds of thousands of people. What advice would you give to the people, to the listeners who want to move abroad and they have like a, this doubt about finance or the things they can do, or the things to get ready for them to be prepared to move to a new country? Yeah, in terms of finance, I would say, of course, exactly like you say, it would be good to have some nest, have some money set aside. But sometimes it's like, what is the figure? What is the number and how long? It depends on your lifestyle. It depends on your need. You can live very basic or you can live very lavish. So you can never have enough money, right? So I think even for now, I was just talking to people who is like, if they're fa- thinking about finance, if they're planning for their future, what is one thing that they can do? When should they start and how much? Just like you said, it's not about how much, if I were to really answer the question, it's not really how much. It's about doing it now, doing it tomorrow, doing a little at a time. I would say there's two fifth to money that is universal. One is inflation. The other is taxation. Because inflation, it doesn't matter where in the world you go to, there's always inflation. Things get more and more expensive every year. Don't know why, but it happens. When I was young, it cost me, I think me and my family, $2, $5. You can go from one side of the Hong Kong to the next. But now I think you have to put two more zero, at least $500 maybe to go somewhere where you want to go, not from one place to the other, right? So how can your money stretch, right? If you put it in the bank, what is the rate of the bank now? It's 0.005 here in Canada. I don't know about worldwide. So you need to do something about your money so that it keeps up with the inflation. Another thing is about taxation, right? When they pay you, they already tax. When you buy things, you're also tax. At the end of the year, you're tax again. And then when you migrate to an angel, they tax you again because everything that you own will be liquid day, will be calculated as a market value. And then you'll be taxed at the highest blanket here in Canada. I don't know about other countries. They do tax you as well. So how can you keep up with the two? So if you plan ahead, if you plan yourself, if you pace yourself, if you put aside something, even a dollar, you're a dollar ahead. If you put aside a dollar and then invest it properly, invest it, do your homework, or maybe talk to a good financial planner, you should be able to grow your money. And then that's how you start. Between the amount of money and the time, I would say it is the time. With time, any money can grow. If you put a lot of money in, but the rate is the same, the amount of money, it doesn't have to be a lot. It could be just a dollar. It could be $2. It could be $3. But if you have in time, your money will grow. Because as you can see, the index, the stock market, it always go up and down, but it will always bounce back. It will always go up. It goes up because of the inflation. Your money will grow if you plan it properly. And in terms of the amount of money before you come, of course, three months, half a year, one year, it doesn't matter, right? But it's something is good. But there's two types of people. There's one type of people, they're employee people. And the other type of people, they are business people. I have come across people that comes from other country to Canada that they have business also in their home country. So they just keep the business while they start to establish themselves in Canada. That's one way. 
too, right? You don't have to give up everything. Which is probably the best because you still have an incoming in yeah. from your business in your country. You've started a new life in a new one and maybe open a new business in a new country. Exactly. If you're an individual, you don't necessarily have to move all your money here too. I also come across people that has money saving over there and then all of a sudden they want to buy a house here, then they can still move the money here. But while they're, the money is growing in their home country. So the thing is, it's like a chicken and egg, I always say, right? Make sure you build up the chicken and then don't eat the chicken, just eat the egg, which is the interest of your money, right? The growing of your money. So just put aside money every day, every month. The rule of thumb that I always share with people is not to sell, save 1%, 2%. Just work up to 10% of your income will be a good nest day for you to begin with, for your short term, for your long term necessity, no matter where you live or no matter where you want to move. And... For your experience, is there any platform that people can use? Because I know Wealth Simple, which is probably the only one I know. Because living in your bank doesn't give you any like interest. It's just like a zero point zero zero something percent. So it's, there's no point to keep it in your bank. Which platform do you recommend, at least for Canada? Not asking for the old world, probably you don't know, but at least for Canada, is there any platform that you would recommend for people to put the money aside? I say exactly like you said, putting in the bank, it doesn't give you as much interest because the bank... It doesn't matter anywhere you go in the world. The bank will just take your money. They are just a transaction base, right? They're not there to grow your money because that's not their the business model. The business model of people that grows your money is the investment company, I would say. So if you can find good, big investment company, not small <laughs> investment company, big investment company, they should have association with advisor or they have their own advisor, or you can go to a professional advisor that help you grow your money. And for people that is more hands-on, they can also study on their own as well, because there's a lot of seminar, a financial seminar. My company and me also are into financial education because the model or the mission of our company, and I hope for a lot of financial company, is no family left behind, is to help anyone who have interest to learn about finance and to grow their money. And then one other things I want to add is, Remember, I was telling you, sharing those two things about money is the taxation and also the inflation, right? There's also one other thing is you want to think about whether your money, do you want to be taxed now, taxed later, or do is there any product that you can have tax advantage? Like say, for example, in Canada, TFSA is a very good tool that you can use to put your money aside after tax money, but to grow your money and you don't have to pay tax after that for your growth, money growth. Yeah, because there's two different accounts, which I don't remember the names. One, you pay the taxes every time you put the money on or every year you pay taxes. And one, you pay the taxes at the end when you take the money out, right? So there's two different. Yes, the one that you talk about is the RSP. The RSP model was a previous model that the government suggests offer to Canadians when they take the money in, they will give you a portion of the, see, a portion, because people think that they will give your money back fully. No, they give you a portion of your money back based on your taxable income level. So that's the RSP. So the theory goes is they'll give you the money right away at that taxation year. And at the end of the RSP journey, which is when you're 71, 
when you take, take your money out, which is usually 71, you will be retired. You'll be in a lower income bracket so that when you take out your money, you will be taxed less. But then the question I ask you, Daniel, is, or anyone that is listening to this, if you give me $1, I grow to $1 million, would you like to pay the tax on the dollar or the million? So I would rather pay the tax now than the tax later, because if I can grow my money, I'd rather pay the tax now than tax later. I guess it's a personal preference too, right? And the TFSA is after tax dollar, whatever, however the money grow, you're not going to be taxed. And that help people. But the problem is, on the other hand, the problem is a lot of people think they open a TFSA account, that's it, they save the money. But what they don't know, a lot of people don't know, is the money just sitting there in the TFSA account, not being invested. So that's one step that we're trying to educate and share with people that they can grow their money even further by investing within the TFSA account. Speaking about education and learning about finance and all of that, because it seems like, at least it's a myth, I don't know, but it seems like it's you should learn about finance once you got the money and not if you don't have any money. But I think that's just a myth. Like you should be probably learning about finance and start investing even if you have a little money. You don't have to wait until you have $10,000 or $100,000 saving your bank account. You can start even, like you said, like with a dollar, even $50 a month just to start investing. So I guess... There's no like a point where you should start learning finances today or even yesterday. You mentioned that last time we spoke, like the best time to start investing was yesterday and the second best time <laughs> is today. So yes. the same thing is applied to like learning about finance. The best time to learn about finance was yesterday, but the second best time is today, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, I felt, I personally felt that the education system does not talk too much about finance. Uh, the importance of finance in our education school system here in Canada. I don't know about, uh, not in Hong Kong too. I don't think, I don't remember. I think any education system that don't teach you about yeah. finance. And it is a very important skill. It is a life skill, in my opinion, that people should learn about money. Even in high school, that would be great. I have sessions with kids and they pick up very fast and it's very fun to see them grow. And the fun to, to hear them when they say, it, does it has dividend? Does it give me income <laughs> monthly? Monthly, bro. I was like, I, I was very happy when I, when I hear that. And then I remember I have a session with a mother and a daughter, and because I was having the meeting, so meeting with the mother, the daughter was there and curious to see who I was. And I said, Why don't you come and listen? So I was teaching the rule of seventy-two, which is uh, the theory of how you double the money and how long it takes to grow your money and how much money you need to put and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And as I haven't even finished the session, and the daughter is like, "Mom, can you put aside some money for me now?" And I was so happy, <laughs> so happy for her, <laughs> so happy for her mom that I changed her thinking, I changed her life, and I hope I can contribute to their life, and that makes me happy. Yeah, same. Hopefully, even the listener that are listening to this right now, they are planning to move abroad. Just put some money aside today and maybe you're planning to move next year. At least you have some money saved instead Something of spending saved. them. Because yeah. there's another theory. I think it's the, how you call it, the, the Parkinson law. What is that? The principle is that if your like a plate is bigger, you fill up with more food, you eat more food. But if your plate is smaller, <gasps> oh, you yes. will eat less food. It's more like... If you have like less money, you figure out to like sustain yourself with a smaller amount of money. It doesn't matter if you got the yeah. same amount of money, the saving you got is pretty much the same. It's pretty much you spend them all, right? 
So with the same principle, if you put the money aside, I don't know, for example, you earn a thousand dollars a month, for example, if you don't put anything aside, you're going to end up spending all a thousand dollars. But if you allocate $50 every single month on the side, you're going to spend 950. It's not going to make a big difference for you. But at the end of the year, those $50 just keep increasing. And with the, if you invest it properly, yeah. exactly, it's going to have quite a bit of money at the end of the year. Yes, a lot of people doesn't know what the difference between the simple interest and the compound interest as well. It's, I'll tell you a funny story. It's like when I was young, my very first job in Canada was $5 an hour. That's oh, wow. how long ago <laughs> it was. $5, and, then, and that was before tax. After tax, it's like $3 something. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to live. And it's just something that I wanted to do. I just want to work. I don't want to just spend my time working or I mean studying and not doing anything. I thought I want to help my dad with uh, supporting me. So it was just $5 an hour and I was happy. But my first paycheck, I say that $5 become $3 something because of tax. And that's one. And the second year later, when I was working with the bank and the IT company, and I have a bigger paycheck. And exactly like you say, guess what? I still have no money. I said, where did my money go? I spent just as much as, as fast as I earned. And I didn't understand. I wish I know then what I know now. Then I will have more money, a little bit more money, maybe a little bit more. And I don't have to worry as much. And I'll be able to contribute more to my dad and my give back more to my parents. And that will make me happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking about your family and giving back to your family and being probably away from your family, do you have any regrets about living Hong Kong, leaving your family? Yes and no regret. I regret that I'm not able to take care of my parents directly because time and time again, they're not getting any younger. I wish I can be there. The first time I want recent, first time I want to go back to Hong Kong, there was a riot in Hong Kong. The second time I want to go back to Hong Kong is COVID. So I haven't seen my parents for three years. So I wish I can be there just to enjoy them while I can, so to speak. But I don't regret it because if I haven't left Hong Kong, I'm sure I would not have experienced, I would not have learned, I would not have grown as much as I have now. I would be a different Cindy because most of my girlfriend that I know, they just graduate high school and they all become secretary. I don't think I'll be happy if I'm be a secretary, not to put down on secretary. It's just I want different things in life. It's just different. I just want something different than having Mary have kids and be a secretary or, or not so much for a secretary. It's because I have to work for other people. I should say that. Yeah. <laughs> I won't have the opportunity to become an entrepreneur like I do now. So yeah, Sweet. I should say that. Yeah. And in your journey and moving to Canada and building your life in Canada, what was the most challenging thing that you have to come across with? I think one is being alone. Sometimes you have to be your own best friend. Uh, you have to be able to be strong. You have to be able to be resilient. You have to be able to pick up yourself because the world might not believe in you. You have to be able to believe in yourself because anything is possible if you believe it and you can make your dream come true. If you don't believe in yourself, how can you make your dream come true? And I think thinking about picking up myself, one of the hardest things is when I have my divorce. It was very hard for me to overcome and to face the truth that this is not going to work. Sometimes it's better 
be friends than alone than in mystery, right? So he might be better. That person is not to say he's good or bad. It's just it's a not a good fit, right? But to be able to pick up myself and restart my life, it was very hard for me. It takes me a while. I think it was it takes me some time for me to pick up myself and be able to face myself and to be able to restart myself. The second biggest challenge I think I face. During this whole journey was to learn to love myself. When I was young, I always think that if I were to love myself, I'm being selfish. But now that I think back, being a woman, I think maybe we're genetically wired, hardwired to always think of others first, and sometimes forgot about myself. I'm not saying not to think and care for others, but while we do that, we should not forget ourselves and not put ourselves last. And that's what I learned. And now I. Learn to love myself more. <laughs> yeah, that's the two biggest challenge for me. I think. Okay, that's interesting. That's uh, yeah, it's a good takeaway because yeah, like the first one, I can totally relate with you. Probably relate with both, but mostly the first one, like uh, mm-hmm. being okay with being alone because you moved to a new country. You were you were lucky enough to have a family to go to, but most of the listeners, including myself, you moved to a new country. You're pretty much alone. You don't know anybody. You have to start like. A, completing your life, making new friends and all of that. So being okay with yourself, being okay with living alone, it's a thing that you need to be ready to be in, like the situation you need to be okay to be in because you're going to be alone unless you move with a partner, move in with friends or whatever. But mostly it will be, you're going to be on your own and you need to be your best friend. <laughs> you need to be like <laughs> the person to count yes. on. Yes, I know. I'm very fortunate in the sense that I have my auntie I'm living in a very loving family, I would say, and I have nothing but thank and appreciation for my aunt. But there are moments similar to yours that I know I will be alone. I have to be able to, I ask to learn to be independent. So I have to learn to love myself, learn to be able to step out of my comfort zone and to make new friends and to build my life, so to speak, right? And to build my circle of friends. So those are moments that, that are new for me when I move here and I learn to enjoy it because um, like I was just saying the other day to one of my friends, it's just so she's so ready to finish a project, finish a project, but she forgot the journey. And sometimes I think as an immigrant too, when you move to other places, maybe whether it's finding a job or finding a group of new friends or whatnot, don't forget it's not just finding the friend, but it's also the journey that you should enjoy, the view that you enjoy and the lessons and the experience. And that's part of life too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. And now with the experience of living abroad for so long and like all the things that you've been through, imagine if you could have like a, a magic telephone that you can phone yourself when you were 16. <laughs> yeah, it's a magic phone. <laughs> what would you say to yourself if you'd be able to make that phone call? What would you say to yourself, to your young self? If I have a magic phone call, if I can say to myself is definitely when I was younger, Cindy, study hard play less. <laughs> I think sometimes I enjoy myself too much. And that's something that when I look back, I wish I had studied hard a little bit more. And the second thing is very related to what I do now and what I enjoy now is to learn how money works. <laughs> yeah, because then I can take care of my parents. Yeah. But from what you, you told me before, like it seems like you studied quite a bit in your life because you changed career, you were like going to school quite a bit. It seems like you were like, you did pretty well acad- academically. Mm. Yeah, I was a professional student for a while. You know why I was a professional student? I'll tell you a secret. 
I was a professional student because I don't want to go out to the real world and earn money because I don't know how. The only thing I know how is to study and get A's, but that's all I know. But I wish I have come out to the real world and experienced the real world and to do more, to more for myself, to more for society. And then I can do more for my family and my parents. And that will make them happy because I don't know about other culture for my culture, for my family is like, you're not a grown woman until you're working. You're not a grown woman until you're married and have your family. So, I mean, I, I can certainly maybe put a peace of mind to them earlier in my life than to just stay being a student and study. So, yeah. And do you have any particular advice if you gave to the listeners that are in the process of either moving abroad or specifically moving to Canada? I think number one, like I was sharing with you the other day, I would suggest everyone to join Toastmaster. Don't worry, I don't get any benefit from it. It's a non-profit worldwide organization that helps people find their voice, build their confidence in a very supportive environment. The reason why I say Toastmaster is because it helped me find my voice. I was the youngest in my family. I was very shy. And being coming to Canada, although I know English before I come to Canada, I don't have the chance to practice. And being able to talk to strange people is very scary to me. I think it, I can associate with other people. Maybe they move to a foreign country, although they might or might not know the language. Speaking to strangers or speaking a foreign language may be uh, hard to people. So joining Toastmaster can help build your confidence and find a voice in you. And that's one thing I would to ask people to join or to check out Toastmaster. Toastmaster.org is international, is worldwide, it's in a lot of countries. And the second one, like I have been saying, like I think this is the third time, is to learn how money works. Because it doesn't matter where you go, where you live, in which stage of life, you always need money to live, to buy groceries, to get your car, to feed your kids if you have it, entertainment, right? How money works can take care of all those basic things and need and then you can enjoy life and enjoy your family. And for like a toastmaster.org, every mm -hmm. will be as usual, the link will ever be in the show notes. Do you recommend like a toastmaster even to like learn English or that will be for like already have a good English to join the toastmaster? I think you need some basic understanding about English, but I do have other people that is very fluent in that language, in their own language, in their own culture. But just a little shine in uh, English, lack of practice, just like me. But they understand a little. They come to Toastmaster and they were able to learn and pick up English as well in Toastmaster. But if you to really learn English, I suggest people to one, two things is one, you can read newspaper, the headlines. That's good for reading and to know how the structure of the English and to watch television, watch the kids cartoon. They have the best English. It's short, it's concise, it's to the point, and it's very, very likely. And you can pick up your vocabulary very, very quick if you um, listen to the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that like multiple times just because it's like when you would like learn a new language, you're like a little kid. Like this, yes. those cartoons are made for little kids and you are on the same level that we're learning. Like we are on the same level learning the language. So that's why like a cartoons I heard like multiple times, the cartoons actually really helpful to learn the language. Yes. And regardless of the language, right? Regardless of where you're going in the world, right? Even reading cartoon, uh, cartoon books, right? Can also help you pick up the local language wherever you are as well. Yeah, absolutely. And for the second part that you say to like learn about how money works, 
Do you have any mm-hmm. particular like a website, a magazine, or where people should start from like learning about money and how money works? There are lots of money books out there. You can pick in, in chapters in Amazon about how money works as well. There are also uh, free financial seminars, like I hold free financial seminars where they also if people are interested in to learn more as well. So just start educating yourself and try to free yourself, so to speak, right? And you can never have too much money. Like I was uh, I was trying to invest with my daughter and he say, mom, you know, you're putting my money aside, you know, but I don't have as much money now. I say, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you want to have too much money when you're older and you don't have to worry about it? Or do you want to have to worry every penny you spend? Which would you prefer? Then, of course, she pick, okay, I don't have to worry about money. I say, well, put aside a dollar or two a day, and then it will make a difference when you need it. Especially with COVID, right? A lot of people find that they didn't have enough saving or don't have enough saving and they didn't put it, right? They were in financial strength because they don't and they can't and they think they can. But even a dollar a day will make a difference. Yeah. And I think the, the first book I read about finance, about making money and how the money works, it was like a poor dad, rich dad. Yes, that's a good book. That's a really, really good book about money, finance and how it works. Yeah, that was a good book. That was actually one of the first books that I read that changed my life and that I started to hungry look everywhere, how I can free myself. What can I do? What can I do? That's one of the good books too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah. It's been so long. I wish I had more time to read and to learn more. With the COVID, a lot of things has changed. A lot of people need more about learning about money. So business get busy. And I'm happy to make a difference in people's life. And I hope your listener would just think about, uh, change their thinking as well and be able to contribute to a difference in their future as well. That would make me happy. Yeah, that would be great. Absolutely. Even because like people that usually move abroad, I don't know if it's just my perspective, but I heard like uh, so many stories of people that move abroad. That's kind of more entrepreneurial mindset. They're trying to be like, as you say, like your experience, like adaptable. So you, you adapt to new circumstances and sometimes adapting means open your own business because no, why would we wait for somebody else to give you work when you create your own work, right? Exactly. And also, I think very quickly, I know uh, we've been talking for a little bit. And also, you remind me, there was a gentleman that I met when I was in Toronto. I met so many immigrants. They are so educated, doctors, nurses, accountants, lawyers. They were driving taxi. They were doing whatever just to put food on the table, just to get started. But just be adaptable doesn't mean that you cannot go back to your own profession. Unfortunately, for some people, they might have to get some credential back or they might, might not have the time or might not have the money, but just get something first and then see like as a stepping stone and then see what are the next thing that would make you happy besides putting food on the table. But at least get something first, do something Something is better than nothing, right? So like there's people, ego is not your amigo. Some people is like, okay, I'm a lawyer, doctor, dentist or whatever. And I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. When you say that you are limiting yourself, but when you are more adaptable, just like you said, just, you know, go to a shopper or grocery store or whatever, uh, Home Depot, just something first. And you can still make your dream come true. You can still be the profession that you want to, but have something first. Yeah, have something first, do something first. Yeah, will be good to be friends with your amigo, <laughs> not to go <laughs> <Yeah>. against it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're totally right. Even in Vancouver, like, even like in New Zealand, probably I met so many people, like you said, doctor, they were doctor back in their country, but in a new country, their profession is not recognized. So you have to go through a bunch of new like schools and courses and maybe they move when they're like an older age. So going back to school, it's not that easy. So it takes years for them to go back to the level they were back in their country. So they have to adapt. And as you said, most people that were driving taxis, I people working from like in the security, like be like a security guy, that kind of stuff. Just like a low paid work just because they come do the same job they were the other country. But as you said, like stuff somewhere and go from there. Just like get be adaptable and adapt and be resilient and just do your best to whatever circumstances you're in. Mm-hmm, yeah, I have a, a lady that I met very recently. She's an accountant in her own profession in her own country. When she come here, she have four jobs, four jobs just to provide for herself and to provide for her young one and your family in her home country. But then she's thinking about what's next to make her dream come true and to provide for her family. I have all the respect for her. And she's putting money aside to help her family in her own country. So that's so inspiring. Yeah, it's very inspiring. But you want to make a difference in your family, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Especially if you like the family that you supported you in your decision and help you to move abroad. Absolutely. Just give back either your family or your friends or whatever you want to do. It's very difficult to have to give up all those things, like all those profession, all those lifestyle and just come here. Like uh, some people that I used to know when I was in um in university, it was the Vietnam's period that a lot of people, they have everything in Vietnam, but because of the war, they have to give up absolutely everything, give up their gold, give up their house, give up their servant, and to come here and to start, but to have freedom for their family, for their kids, right? So, yeah, it's tough, but they make it happen. I just want to go back a little bit when we were talking about the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. And just for the listeners that are interested in this topic, there's even like a game which I used to play in New Zealand. I have a group of friends, like a meetup. We just meet up like once a month or something like that. And there's a game, like I think it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad yeah. game. But it's like a pretty much like Monopoly, but more like advanced. And yes. you can learn how to money works and how to invest it, how to get out of the rat race. For listeners, some of the listeners are interested. I probably had, had that on the show notes as well, but there's even a board game that makes they were like a process to learn how things work, like more fun. Yeah, I know. I, I know that gentleman that was hosting that group in the meetup. He mm-hmm. came to my Toastmaster one time. Uh, oh, he's very, very inspiring. I can't remember his name now. It's been some years ago. But board game like that is also very good to teach kids. Like a monopoly, teach kids and share with kids like how money works, right? So that's a good game too, yeah. It's not just for kids, even for adults. It's yeah, for the adults too, yeah. Kids and adults, yeah, you're right. Yeah, kids yeah. and adults, yeah. Uh, I think it's time to wrap this up. Cindy, where people can find you, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, wants to learn more about you, or maybe they hear your story and resonate with you and wants to get in touch with you, where people can find you. I guess they can email me, send email to emailvancindy at gmail.com. And I'll try to answer as many questions as you could. And if you want to learn more, about finance or join my finance session, which is free. Oh, actually, you know what? We have a promotion just yesterday that we were saying. If you if you give me 15, 20 minutes of your time so I can share with you some financial concept, you will be eligible for a draw for $100 from now to Christmas. $100 in Canadian. <laughs> Do you have to be in Canada or can be from anywhere in the world? It can be anywhere in the world. 
Can I join as well? Yeah, of course you can join. <laughs> of course you can join. One hundred dollars for fifteen twenty minutes. That I think that's a pretty good deal <laughs> for a chance yeah. to go to draw. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything as usual will be in the show notes. People can uh, reach out to you, email you and get $100. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get $100. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cindy, for sharing your story. It was like, it was amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much. It is my honor to share with you and the audience. And hopefully I give some feedback on for my journey to help them to go to wherever they want to go. And if they do want to migrate, just do it like how Nike has said it and just be resilient and enjoy the journey. It's not just the destination. I start saving money on the side. And start saving money on the side, yes. Actually, not saving, investing. Sorry, investing. Not saving saving investing. and investing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And work up to 10%, remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Thank you so okay. much, Cindy. Okay, you're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and stay until the end. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, you can share this episode with your friends and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Also, you can find the show notes with the links, insights, full transcript of the episode and more by visiting immigrantslife.com slash episode 56. If you want to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at immigrantslife and Facebook at Immigrants Life Podcast. And one more thing before we go. Our goal is to helping you moving abroad and live your best life. We know that even though the stories we share are very inspiring and have a lot of information and resources, being ready and make the decision can still be challenging. I just wanted you to know that if you need any help, you can reach out to me via email at daniel at immigrantslife.com you can DM me on our social media or through the contact page on our website, immigrantslife.com. I look forward to meeting you and helping you reaching your goal. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you in the next one. Ciao.